And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoge. 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 It's Adam Ho, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy for me. I feel like, I, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogue and Johns with you. The uh, most exciting 3-16 and 16 we've ever covered. <laughs> that is true. On, John. Usually 3-6 and six means bad quarterback play, but that is not the case this year, Adam Hogue. I wouldn't even say like yesterday felt like a victory Monday. It felt like one of the most exciting victory Mondays in like the last <laughs> decade. Come on, they still lost. Optimistic Monday. Optimistic about I, I, the future I, Monday. I just called it Justin Fields Monday. Justin Fields Monday. Yeah. Is that what happens when you run for records? Runs run for records. Although he did. He ran for records. There, so, believe it or not, there is at least one analyst out there, former player, whose conclusion of that game was that Justin Fields can't throw. Who <laughs> did I miss this? Uh. I was just made aware of this about 10 minutes ago from our producer, Kent, and we have the audio, so we're going to play some of this coming up here. Okay. Yeah, little teaser for you, but uh, <laughs> welcome in. This is Hogan Johns. It is an exciting week, even though the Bears are three and six. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can read me, allchgo.com. Go become a member. Sign up for the newsletter, which will be in your inbox tomorrow. It comes out on Wednesday mornings, the Bears Things newsletter. Uh, merch is up at obviousshirts.com. Check that out. Every uh, Anything you buy from the Hogan Johns collection from Obvious Shirts in the month of November, a portion of the proceeds go towards the 22Q Family Foundation. Um, I should also mention, separate from 22Q, the uh, Jackson Chance ping pong ball, which I've been a part of in past years and then kind of took a hiatus because of COVID, is uh, back on and is this Thursday. So I unfortunately cannot attend this year because I have to go to Denver for a wedding. But... um, it is an outstanding um, event that helps. It's such a simple thing. I've talked about this in the past, but they literally just raise money to help parents be able to park downtown to get access to Lurie Children's 
Uh, the uh, what's what Prentice is there? Northwestern. So there. outrageous to say, but yes, it, 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 no, it's unbelievable. And and we benefited from this. I'm very thankful to Jackson Chance when when our son was in the hospital for a, a long, long time when he was born in the NICU. They cover the parking, which is like just the last thing you want to worry about is paying twenty dollars for parking every single day when you're spending pretty much every hour of your day there. So, um, it's a great organization. Go to jacksonchance.org. Jacksonchance.org. There's an uh, awesome event this Thursday night. Go check it out. I highly recommend going. It's really fun. I'm uh, upset I won't be able to be there this year, um, mainly because Pat Tomasulo and I usually just run the, run the ping pong table the whole time. You know? Mm. Champions. Mm. No, it's documented. Mm. I need to see proof. Okay. I have <laughs> photos, videos. It's probably on the website somewhere. Okay. He was on the, I think it was reported on the WGM Morning News yesterday. <laughs> so I don't know. What, what are you, one of these fake news guys? What are you doing here? Prove it. Prove it. <laughs> I will. I believe there are I very will. competitive ping pong games at Hallis Hall. Or there used to I'm be. Not invi- I'm not invited to those. The Players' Lounge? Yeah, not invited. Not invited. Uh, anyway, please check that out, jacksonchance.org. All right. Um, Justin Fields, good at football. This is a big development, and uh, we thought we'd do a couple things. First of all, Kalen Kaler, who's one of the national writers for The Athletic, is going to join us here in a little bit. But there's been a lot of chatter. I was curious how this would go, Johns, because this was like a noon game. Was it in a marquee window? Patrick Mahomes played Sunday night. That got a lot of the discussion. He threw the ball 68 times, which was kind of ridiculous um, and yet impressive and 400 yards and all that stuff. But I think Justin Fields got his due, it sure seemed like, from the national media uh, yesterday. And um, we thought we'd share some of that with you. So and talk about it. Yeah. Our producer, Kent... Went through a lot of this stuff and uh, found a lot of the discussion that happened in the aftermath of Sunday's Bears game and Justin Fields' performance. We're going to start with Emmanuel Acho talking about Justin Sam's little brother. That's right. Team meeting. Justin Fields is the most dangerous quarterback in football right now. It's not my opinion. Just watch the tape and you will believe the same thing as soon as it's done. He's savvy, he's athletic, and he's accurate. You'll have to run this back and take a look at it. I'm going to run it in slow motion. He is in the air changing his mind. He lands, and after being in the air changing his mind and landing, makes one guy miss, makes two guy miss, makes three guy miss. He outruns a fourth guy. Justin Fields is savvy. He is accurate. He is athletic. He is the most dangerous quarterback in football. And we are watching the miraculous development of this man, number one, Justin Fields. Ready, break. The most dangerous quarterback in football right now. I think that's actually a good way to put it. Like he's I, don't not think the- he I don't think he is, though, but I, I know what he's suggesting. It's a good way to maybe unpredictably dangerous at this point. Explain. Scrambles. Yeah. Like, I would still, if you're going to use the description most dangerous quarterback, I would still side with the guy you just mentioned, Patrick Mahomes. Did you not watch his game? He could scramble, too. Josh Allen ran for a touchdown this week, although the Bills lost to the the Jets. That's not good. Jalen Hurts, he runs all the time. I know what they're saying. Um, 
he's I would say he's become the most exciting quarterback as of late. One of the most exciting quarterbacks as of late. But most dangerous? I don't want to get too carried away. Yeah, I think right now though he might be the hardest to actually bring down. Okay. Like well, that's he, different. I, that's different. But that's I think that's kind of what he's going after. I you know, No, but he's mentioning you know, the throws, he's accurate. I got to be careful with this. The Bears still have I, the worst passing offense in the league. <laughs> by no means am I saying that Justin. Let me preface this. By no means am I saying that Justin Fields has passed Lamar Jackson by any means. But when I was watching that game last night, there was a couple times where Lamar scrambled, and I was like, right now he's easier to bring down than Justin is, and I think it's the size. Well, they're different ball carriers. Like Ju- Justin's like, and he doesn't even have to lower the shoulder. He's just hard to bring down right now because he's so strong and. Like he's just running through tackles. It's very impressive. You know who's also uniquely difficult to bring down is Patrick Mahomes because when he's running, it doesn't exactly look like the the most yeah athletic. He's like kind of just. How would you describe his his running style? It's it's kind of just it's different. But he he yeah, doesn't go down. He I mean, gains a lot of yards. Fields is faster smart. and and more athletic. But all right. Here's another one. Uh, this was uh, Shady McCoy, who I think was actually reacting to what Emmanuel Acho had to say. Um, and then they kind of go back and forth. But this is where I don't know if Bears fans are going to love this one completely. I don't care what Peter said, what Acho said. I, don't care what, I, my, I got my own eyes. I think he's a hell of an athlete. I said that. He can't throw the ball, right? I think that the, the, the Dolphins' defensive coordinator is a bad, bad guy. He yeah, ran down passes, Shady. Hold on. He ran the same exact defense the whole time. The dude's running around the scrambling, waiting for somebody to get over. Oh, and then once, once the defenders come up, he just throws it. So my thing is like, as a corner, no, no pressure? Then it's a no pressure. Because they had spies, big dog. They spied him. The play right Spot. there. They spied him. That's a Spot. dart. Then you said he can't throw. That's Listen, a dart. That's a dart. No, I need you to acknowledge that. What? And this throw so here, too. Oh, touchdown. Oh, that's a beautiful six-yard pass. That was a beautiful six-yard pass. I don't like to hate, I just like to keep it honest. Like, first of all, we're praising this guy off of a loss. He lost this week, he lost last week, the week before that, losses, right? He won the week before he, that. He beat, he beat the, uh, Patriots. Uh, the Patriots, that was a crazy game. But listen, I just gotta see more from the guy. Everybody loves to give him, give him uh, uh, passes for the way he plays, right? I mean, don't, don't, don't get crazy here, I'm not lying. I mean, he had games we threw for like 80 yards mm-hmm. in a real NFL game. Not Harry pickup football. 80 yards in a real football game. That's crazy. Your career high in rushing yards, I believe, is 207 or 213. This man, a quarterback, just ran for 178 in maybe his 20th start ever, along with three touchdown passes. I need some respect. He runs runs well. I just said that. I just told you that he's a hell of an athlete. Three touchdown passes. I got to see more. I got to see less losses and some wins. That's what I got to see. Dave, what do you need to see? We are seeing more. That's the cool thing about this. Which, ironically, you two managed to find both. Like y'all find the extremes. Like most dangerous quarterback in the league is a little strong. Acho, when you can. Did you watch Patrick Mahomes last night? Yeah, of course. Why we say his name? Put the team on his back. I'm oh, saying oh, no. Okay, okay. Regardless, Sorry. so you're on one end. But like to act like this isn't impressive. I'll go as far as to say, like for the time being, with what the Bears have figured out on offense, they're must see TV, man. This is fun. So. Before we get to what McCoy said, um, that is a pretty common sentiment that has popped up here. It was one of the points I was making last week, John, about how this team has just turned into a fun team out of nowhere. 
in the last month. Super exciting is what Chase Claypool used the other day. And, you know, Bill, I'll give Bill Simmons some credit. He was on this last week because if you listen to his Sunday pods, they always do, they like put the games every week in tiers as they guess the lines and they have like their, um, you know, their top games, their watchables, their barely watchables, and then they're, they call it the poop fecta. The Bears are usually in the poop fecta. Now, he's like, he said the, the Bears-Dolphins game was like one of the best games to watch last week, and he and he was right. And same thing this week. Like, he's got the Bears-Lions game as a, a watchable game. It's Bears-Lions. The both teams suck. <laughs> but they score but, points. But they're entertaining. It should be an entertaining football game. So that part is... Uh, Totally agree. I, I don't obviously I don't think McCoy's giving no, Fields enough credit. Like any argument about that, if good for Acho for stepping in and providing context. Hey, he threw three touchdown passes. Did you just forget about those? Right. And two of them were really like perfectly thrown footballs. Yes. I think with everything with the passing offense, you need to have context. The offensive line, new play caller, receivers, Chase Claypool's first game. Nikhil Harry just returning to the offense. There's so many layers to that conversation. If you don't provide that context, then your opinion is lacking in a sense. Do I think he needs to improve as a passer? Yes. The Bears got the worst passing offense in the league. I just said that not too long ago. But to say you can't throw the ball, then you're obviously not watching. Not watching at all. Because let me tell you, he can throw the ball quite well when given time, when things work down the field. I mean, every week I feel like Matt Eberflus is praising the deep balls that Justin Fields can throw. Right, and like the the contact, the pl- yeah, the play at the end, the Claypool that should have been PI was a well thrown ball. There were there were some mistakes in this game. You know, do you know the play right before the block punt? It took a deep shot. Well, I know it. Claypool's open on the opposite side on the opposite side. To my yeah, and he threw a foul ball, no chance to catch it. The shallow cross was open, easier throw, would have been a first down. Actually, watch punched. that again. Look who's got single coverage on the left side line. Uh, I don't know. All I know is the shallow cross was wide open. Num- it was an number, easy throw. number 10. Okay. Not Mitch, the new guy. Well, I, I think that it was just a predetermined deep shot, pre-snap, and... Well, let's not have I mean, predetermined I, deep shots to Equinemia St. Brown. Well, that's, I, I agree. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm criticizing him for that play. That, that, that was not handled well. Um, the one, the clay pool that was like thrown into the ground, kind of. I mean, that's an all-day easy slant. And he threw it low, and it was late. So that wasn't good. Um the one where he got sacked late, and that was totally on Braxton Jones, gave up pressure right away. But there's an easy slant to Nikhil Harry that he's looking right at and didn't pull the trigger. So, you know, there were definitely things in this game that he could have done better. But I have a feeling if you watch every Chiefs game with the same critical eye, that there are probably throws like that when Mahomes goes for a bomb and maybe it doesn't connect, that you might say, oh, look, Travis Kelsey was actually wide open underneath. He had a throw to Travis Kelsey the other night 
that was way behind Travis Kelsey down the right seam, where Travis Kelsey turns and makes one of the best catches I've seen thus far by a tight end this season. Yeah. Like, it's a highlight real play, not for Mahomes, but for the best tight end in football. It goes back to your point, like, you know what, maybe that ball was low and away from Chase Claypool, but maybe he's got to dive to make the catch. You see receivers make those catches for their quarterbacks all the time. That every throw is perfect. They rarely are. All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna keep this going, but let's bring in Kalen Kaler to the uh, conversation as well. All right, Kalen, I don't know how much of uh, that you heard, but we're kind of running through some of the uh, praise and surprisingly some criticism that Justin Fields was receiving yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, any reactions to any of the stuff so far? Yeah, um, I I will say so. After the game on Sunday, I texted a scout who I know. Uh, scouted fields during the 2020 season and some of the other quarterbacks in that 2020 class. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of thinking fields might be the best quarterback in this class, you know, because I think that was one of the opinions people kind of came out of that game on Sunday thinking like he could be the best one. Like that was kind of the first time that I, I, on Sunday that I really felt like I kind of believed that. So I, I texted that to a scout who had, who had scouted him that year and some of the other quarterbacks in that class. And he was like, yeah, but, you know, when it really counted those last two drives of the game, he gets sacked twice, um, has several incompletions that, you know, kind of stall those drives and lead lead to nowhere. So he wasn't totally sold on, on my opinion that Fields might be the best in that 2020 class. So uh, I think that last clip that you played where they were sort of pointing that out, um, I think I sort of agree with parts of that, like, it was really incredible what he did uh, Sunday against the Dolphins, but that defense also really didn't make any adjustments, and I was I was surprised to see that. And they'd given up, I think it was 119 yards to Lamar Jackson. So this was the second time the Dolphins have given up 100 plus yards to a mobile quarterback. They gave up 49 yards, I believe, to Josh Allen. So they came into the game as sort of the perfect defense for Fields to exploit. And that's not to like make less of what he did, because obviously when you are presented with that, you need to make the most of it and uh, take advantage of those situations. But I do think the Dolphins really allowed him to do that um, in a way that, you know, other defenses he faces later this season are probably going to be a little bit better equipped to try to stop him. I I think you should text your scout back and ask him (laughs) how he thinks or what he thinks of the Bears averaging 31.3 points over the past yeah. three, three, three weeks. Um, I, I always feel like you get caught in the moment in terms of like evaluations. Like yeah, no one's expecting Justin Fields to run with 475 yards like per game. But like, I'm right. curious as you're watching that, you just spent a week or a couple days down in Miami where, where two was taken off. Mm-hmm. Like what, are, what were you thinking as feel You've covered yeah. Chicago Bears teams. You've yeah. seen Chicago Bears quarterbacks. You've been I here was, long enough. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. It was like a weird feeling because I feel like we've been kind of waiting for a quarterback here to actually develop and, like, show signs of improvement, like tangible improvement. And, um, I, you know, we never really got there with Trubisky. It was always kind of just we're almost there, and then he would regress, and we're almost there, and we'd regress again. So – I feel like this was really fun on Sunday. Like it was just like a nice thing to see because I think for fields, it's like the last three games now, including Sunday 
you've seen him continue to improve. So it seems like he's established a pattern now of, you know, he's really getting better. And the addition of Claypool obviously is going to help there. So that was, it's been, I think it's, it was just like a weird feeling of like, what am I watching? Like, is this really happening? So I, I think it was really fun. And, you know, I'm definitely like in the moment of feeling excited about it and like optimistic and positive. And then, you know, at the same time, recognizing like, yeah, the Dolphins were really the perfect team for this because, um, I mean, Mike McDaniel said after the game, like they had a couple big missed tackles of fields. I think Bradley Chubb almost got him down in a sack. Um, I think maybe that was the fourth quarter, third or fourth quarter later in the game. And uh, the same thing with the Landon Roberts, like had one arm around him. He eludes the tackle, uh, goes for, I think, 13 yards for the Chubb play. Um, but anyway, so McDaniel was kind of going into how you can't just arm tackle him because it's not enough. If you're half engaged with a lineman, like you're not one arm isn't going to cut it with him because, um, you know, as you guys have pointed out earlier on the show today, like he's so big, too strong. so strong, so physical. So you've got to like get a leg. You've got to somehow disengage to have both arms around him. Otherwise, it, you know, it's not going to work. So McDaniel was basically saying after the game, like almost like they needed to kind of go back to the drawing board with like how to bring him down because he said, you know, he's changed the complexion of this offense. And McDaniel alluded to, you know, the last couple games, the complexion of the offense has changed. So, um, yeah. So I think like that was really interesting to hear him kind of say like, this is, you can't tackle him like you would tackle any other you know, quarterback or even some of the other mobile quarterbacks. Like this guy is huge. You really need to figure out a different way to do this or it's not going to work. Yeah. I just, I just think that like, you know, if we're going to look at the Dolphins game in a vacuum, I can kind of see what, you know, maybe why that scout is questioning some of it or why the matchups. I mean, the reality is the Dolphins, the Dolphins actually did a good job of doing two things in that game, which was stopping the bears running non Justin Fields running game, mm -hmm. actual running backs and I thought they did a good job of covering, you know, throughout the game. There really weren't that many wide open wide receivers. We talked about a couple plays here and there where I think Justin had somebody underneath that would have been, maybe been an easier throw um, or one slant he threw low. But like, again, I, I think if you look at most games that any quarterbacks playing in the NFL, there are going to be three to four plays like that, no matter who you are. Um, I, I think where I'm going with that is go back to the beginning of the season. We were looking at 10 to 12 plays where Justin wasn't seeing this guy or his footwork right. was wrong or he was way he was he was way high on a throw and just completely missed. If if you've been watching closely, there has been considerable improvement in mm -hmm. the passing game. And I think it is connected to how they've used him in the running game, because that seems to have unlocked him. But come on. I mean, he is a different quarterback from earlier in the year like when they beat the Houston Texans and that may have been his worst game of the entire season. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did, he, he Well, they're doing different no, things. Yeah. Well, and but, he was only sacked twice on on Sunday and it didn't come until the fourth quarter, which And one I is thought, where he ran out of bounds. Right. <laughs> I didn't believe. Which was bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't happen. <laughs> yeah. But that's so, a huge sign of improvement because, you know, that was something him getting the ball out, recognizing, 
you know, don't hold on to it too long. So you're taking those sacks that you don't need to take. So I thought, I think that's been an area that we've seen him improve in as well. Um, what if you, since you spent so much time kind of paying attention to, I think you've been all over Tua and Trevor Lawrence. Like how do you, they're, they're all different quarterbacks in their own different ways, but I guess who has impressed you the most out of those three? Well, this is like not really, this just popped in my head. This is not really an answer to that question. I will answer that after this. But <laughs> you don't um, have to. One thing she didn't that, like your question, yeah. <laughs> well, one thing, one thing that's interesting is like, so Tua, you know, had a defensive head coach for his first two years um, and had different offensive coordinators, I believe, in both years. And, you know, just like never really improved in those first two seasons, really struggled. And now he's got Mike McDaniel, who is an offensive head coach and who has clearly figured out you know, how to, I think he's talked about his timing. He never really learned footwork and timing from his previous offensive coaches. And now he's like, oh, I know how to hit my receivers in stride when they break out of their route. Like I'm understanding that timing a lot better. And I think that's totally unlocked him. So he's a little bit honestly of like the reverse of Fields because now like Fields had an offensive coach last year and now we've got a defensive head coach and he's, taking steps that we didn't see from him last year. So it's interesting how different um, coaching setups can lead to success. And it's not really like one way or the other, but it's, you know, it's the minds inside the building and, and how exactly you're supporting the quarterback and coaching him. And I think the support is the common theme because, you know, Tua got Tyreek. Um, they are going all in with Tua, with the Dolphins, you know, making trades to support him, making trades to build this team to win right now. Like they're recognizing, like, this is our window. We want to do it now because Tua has improved so much. And I think we're starting to see the beginning of that in Chicago with the addition of Chase Claypool and, you know, hopefully more pieces as, you know, the months go by and going into next season as well. So I could see sort of like the same pattern happening for both of them with those little differences that I just pointed out. Um, I think of the three of those guys, obviously Tua to me is the most impressive right now, just because he is so, he's so accurate right now. Um, he, his timing is so much better with his receivers. Uh, he's still like Tyreek still will have to slow down. I'm sure you guys noticed that a little bit on a few of his passes to Tyreek that he's kind of like slowing down to wait for the ball because he is so fast. So I think when he gets his, timing even better with Tyreek it's going to be it's going to be even more explosive but I mean they've got one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL right now um Hill's already over a thousand yards receiving which is the fastest of um you know any player since Calvin Johnson by week nine uh so that's they're like on pace to set some records with that offense um and Jalen Waddle their number two receiver is also like right up there when you look at receiver stats in the NFL which is extremely impressive because it's hard to get two receivers in the same offense having that type of production. So I think Tua to me is the most impressive just because of the turnaround that he's made in just this short amount of time. Um, and it really just goes to show you like what pairing a coach or the quarterback can really do to unlock a quarterback and, you know, just the support because he was, he was benched for bad performances in the past. They wanted Deshaun Watson. Like they, this organization did like everything to say that he was not their guy. And now, as soon as they hired Mike McDaniel, they kind of changed that philosophy and decided to support him and to build around him and recognize, like, okay, no, this is our quarterback. Like, this is our guy. 
and I think you're seeing on the field sort of the effect of that. The, the Mike McDaniel point is important, I think, especially when it applies to the Bears because you have Lou Getze. Now he's not the, the head coach. Right. But he's essentially from the, the same tree, albeit mm-hmm. different fathers, maybe. Right? No, they're the <laughs> Different mothers. <laughs> different mothers, yes. <laughs> one from Shanahan, the yeah. other one for, uh, more from McVay. I'm trying to remember. Yes, that that, that works. That, that'll work. <laughs> yeah, because McDaniel, or sorry, not McDaniel. Gatsy's through LaFleur's, yes. who's through McVay. Um, I, they're all the same it. person. I yes, it's the, the same tree. <laughs> they're all the same person. But it's Shanahan, the same, like, LaFleur, it's, McVay, it's the same, Flexibility, yeah. the same creativity. It, it's yeah. the Bears scoring on plays that they've put in, like on day one of training camp to to Cole Komet, and they're still working. It's pairing the run game to the pass game, and now it's adding design runs for uh, Justin Fields. They they are different quarterbacks, Tua and Justin Fields. Tua can't run right. the way right. Justin Fields does, but I think the pairings. I I like the pairings. McDaniel yes. and Tua, Getze, and Justin Fields right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really it's going to be fun to watch to see. I mean, we're only at the midway point of the season, so I mean, imagine where Fields is going to be at by week seventeen. Um, and honestly, like this is a hot take, but I'm sure you guys have already said this. The Pittsburgh Steelers may regret not trading Claypool to the Packers because the Bears' second rounder. You know, I don't I don't know that it's a done deal that they thought, you know, the Packers were getting or the Bears second rounder was going to be a better second rounder, a higher second round pit. I don't know. I don't know about that anymore. I think so, I it's think all right. They, they got a participation medal <laughs> award for for trying to trade right. all, all their right. trades. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, they, they tried got that every ribbon trade. That, that the kids get yeah. in T-ball. Right, right, exactly. Thanks Congratulations for, for trying. You didn't get any of them. I agree, <laughs> yeah. though, Kalen. I think, hey, December 4th at Soldier Field, I mean, the Steelers might want to be glued to that game. <laughs> right. It may decide, it may end up deciding who, uh, which pick is higher. Uh, and they, you know, but that's whatever the Bears got. And I think that that's one area, as you say, will be interesting to watch going forward. How. I was actually impressed with how much Claypool was able to do on like three days yeah. being in the offense. They get yeah. him going more within that system. I think that could really help uh, Justin Fields. So, mm-hmm. All right, Kalen, appreciate uh, the time. Always Thank love having you. you on the podcast. Uh, make sure you're following her on Twitter, at Kalen Kaler. Great stuff on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe. Thanks, Kalen. Thanks, Kalen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. 
LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's get to some more of this audio uh, that we had from various... Do you want to play uh, the Mike McDaniel one? You want to do that now? Yeah, let's do that now since we just talked about him. Let's see here. We got Mike McDaniel. This is from yesterday's press conference, right? Yes. Back in Miami on Justin Fields. No, I just wanted him to stop scrambling. And it was pretty irritating because he didn't listen at all. He didn't take the coaching. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was – no, I, I think they – I think our whole team um, took them serious because uh, they're, they're young and up and – upcoming team that like um if you take lightly at all they will make you quickly um regret that so you know they fought exactly how we thought they were going to um you know i think that uh uh justin's really starting to um get a feel for uh when he can utilize his full scale of um gifts and 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 he he's making plays more and more and becoming more and more difficult to defend so um at that stage of the game i you know i i figured no one had tr- no one had asked him to stop it so you know i gave that a try um 
I'll, uh, I think other coaches can learn from my experience that he does not listen. So um, rely on other tactics. How can that guy not be your favorite coach <laughs> in the NFL? Here's the love that we were talking about last week. And, and, and I think I actually hit the under, by the way. Did you? I, 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 it, there was just so much Justin Fields talk that we didn't get to a lot of Mike McDaniel love. I think everybody knows how much I love that guy. But right there is why I love that guy. He would fit I mean, right into this podcast with the glasses and the, the forehead, right? Oh, my God. Glasses, forehead, <laughs> sarcasm. Yes. Like, I love the dry he, sense of humor. I, I, I love actually the willingness and the, the fun that he has to go up the fields as he's scrambling and go and like tell him to stop it. That's that's what the question yeah. was. Like the broadcast cameras captured Mike McDaniel telling Justin Fields to stop it. And if you look closely, you can see Justin Fields laughing, smiling yeah. as he says yeah. it. The thing that sucks though is there was holding called on that play and it, the was, ball actually went back. That was the that was the same muscle for holding. Oh penalty. yeah, yeah. You know, I think I just came up. I, I think an off-season goal for us, you know, maybe it's maybe it's the Super Bowl if Mike McDaniel's, you know, they're not participating in it or the combine. Or, we got to get Mike McDaniel on this podcast. He would fit in. We, we I don't know how we pitch that the right way to be like, yeah, you need to go on a Bears podcast. <laughs> but, you know. He it, seems it, like a guy who would be f- have fun with it, though. I think he would do it. I think he would do it. We just, it. Get on it. It needs to be presented to him the right way. The um, Yesterday at Matt Eberflus's press conference, I liked what he, like he used a description, call it a scout description if, if you want. But I think this is the a great way to kind of encapsulate the excitement that, that Justin Fields brings right now. He called what Justin Fields, like what he's doing right now, unscripted athleticism. Where it's yeah. just physical talent taking over. And that's what Mike McDaniel and his praise of Justin Fields is alluding to. You could have rush plans, you could have a spy. And I'm sorry, LaShawn McCoy, there was some of that from the Dolphins. You can do all those things to try to contain a player like Justin Fields. But sometimes a player's just gonna make plays. He's gonna run through the arm tackles of Bradley Chubb and get away. He's gonna be too strong to tackle. See, I'm not dismissing what you're saying because I totally agree with you. Let me say that first. But I think I always knew he could do that stuff. What has me more excited, Johns, is the scripted stuff he's doing well. So, and I'll give you a couple examples. One is the touchdown to Cole Komet, right? Well, I think both touchdown throws. Well, first one to Mooney, which is just, when you say he's not a pocket passer, that was a muddy pocket. It's third down he, too, wasn't it? Third down, muddy pocket, absolute dime. And a good route from Mooney, makes a nice catch, perfect form, getting away from the, the, the corner. The ball was put in the perfect... I mean, it's a, you could not draw that up wait, wait. better. I heard he can't throw the ball. Nope, that's... Yeah, okay. can't do it. The other one, going back to scripted stuff, the Cole Komet touchdown, they move the launch point to the right, throwing on the run. Right... In stride, so Cole can catch it, get up the sideline, stay in bounds. Because when 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 I get accused of like spending too much time talking about the how the horizontal throws need to be pinpoint, that's why you throw it behind him, it's not a touchdown. You throw it too far ahead of him, he might get led out of bounds even if he catches it. It's perfectly thrown where Cole can put his foot in the ground, get up 
the sideline and score with a nice block from uh, Equinemia St. Brown to downfield. Okay. The zone read, I posted this on Twitter last night. There's a zone read. Um, after, late in the second half, I think it was right before the... Uh, Where the defensive end is kind of frozen in time there. Yeah, I think it was right before the Cole Komet touchdown I'm talking about. Anyway, there's a, there's, it's a technique called surf technique. Okay, It's supposed to c- try to confuse the quarterback on zone reads. So the, the read defender, the guy who's unblocked, instead of picking between crashing on the running back or going upfield at the quarterback... They get in like this horizontal. They put their arms up. They, that's why they call it surfing, right? And you just stay flat. They stop. Yeah, yeah. You, you you sort of keep your feet chopping, but you're flat, and you try to put the quarterback in a bind. Oh, is he crashing? Or is he not crashing? What is he doing? And you just make that decision harder. Go back and watch some of the film from earlier in the year. On those plays, Justin was taking and what is considered usually the right decision, which is to hand it off to the running back. Because if he's not crashing on the running back, he's probably not going to tackle him. So hand it off. And the Bears would get three, four yards or whatever they would get. What I was looking at that when those plays, though, I'm going, if he stops his feet, Justin's winning that, that race to the edge easily. And I know it's hard to be like, oh, he's not crashing on the running back. I should keep this and just beat him. He's starting to do that now. He's starting to do that now because he realizes if if that if that read defender does not get vertical upfield on the quarterback, Justin Fields is going to win that race to the edge every time. And I think on this play, he picks up 15, 17 yards. He almost scores. Too much space. What was his final stats on design runs or run calls? Like eight carries for 68 yards, 70 yards? I don't have it in front something of me, still sounds about right. Something still good. Something that's still threatening to opposing defenses and opposing defensive coordinators. My favorite quote from Justin Fields' postgame is how he went into detail explaining how he actually started to scout. And I'm sure he's been doing this for a bit. But scouted the athleticism specifically of the Miami defensive ends. Their lateral quickness and speed. Case in point. Your play right there that you just explained. Yeah. Knowing that he'd have a cushion and knowing that he can gain the edge because he was just laterally quicker. Yep. The better athlete, the better player. That's what, again, I think Mike McDaniel's getting at, too. Learning what he could do. The Bears, that mini bye week has been like, <laughs> it's something. Like it, it really is. I mean, they they looked at something, they, they found that- something, yes. Maybe Darnell Mooney did, a, did them a favor by dropping that ball to... Well, he didn't technically drop it. He bobbled it. Is that a drop? Well, did that count as a catch or not? No, not a catch. Oh, okay. I thought that counted as a catch and he was just talking about the, the goal one. line against Washington? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a catch, but he was down at the one because he bobbled it instead not, of it being whatever. Not a catch. But So yes. he dropped it. To your point, also from that game, they're now using Cole Clement more in red zone situations instead of the third string tight end who only played two snaps. Against the Miami Dolphins. Wait, say that Ryan again? Griffin. That's the oh, same Ryan, game Ryan Griffin was overthrown. Yes. Cole Komet. He's not in there in the red zone anymore? No. It is now. Cole Komet all day, who's on there for like 98% of the snaps. These games. Can I, no. can I ask you a fantasy football question? <sighs> what? No. 
would you pick up Cole Clement in fantasy right now? I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking about general. Basically, the question is, is this... Because he hasn't scored, for fantasy football purposes, he has not scored in double digits all season until... Sunday, yeah, I think he put up like 22 points, depending on what your league scoring yes. is. Yes. Well, is he Travis Kelsey? No. Is he Mark Andrews? No. But it looks like he could be good for a touchdown every other game, or at least games that Adam Johns doesn't have him as his bold prediction. Which will be the rest of the season. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. I'll come Which up with something new. Cole Clement carries per game. Do you want to play one more clip before we get to everybody's voicemails and we'll get out of here? No. Because we have a present for you. Yeah, well, I, I'm literally in a different town. No, I know, but I will. I mean, I can give this to you. I'm going to present it on the podcast because we had an awesome listener, okay, who showed up to the tailgate on Sunday that you did not attend because you're too good of a father and you went to your son's soccer game, which is unacceptable, of course. Um, and he brought gifts. His name's Shiv, and he was he was excited. And and what do we got? He gave us he gave us each one of these. If you're, I realize if you're listening to the podcast right now, you're not watching on YouTube. You can't see this, but we'll explain. A- Adam Hogue has opened uh, a red bag. He took out it some is red a paper. T-shirt that says <laughs> "Getting Bold Predictions Wrong Since 2021." I think it's actually should say since 2015. If we're being honest, yeah. Um, but this is actually the best part. It's on the sleeve. Let's see if I can hold that up so people can see it. This is hard. Hang on. Hang on. We'll, we'll get this right. <laughs> we have uh, Cole Komet. For real, though, huge fan of the podcast. Congrats on 600 episodes. Oh, that is way Chib- too nice. Chibber, I, Chiber, Chibber. I apologize if I got your last name wrong. Um, but he was a really nice guy. He came with gifts. He gave us each one of these. Um, also, shout out to our friends at Obvious Shirts. This is, uh, it, pun intended, an obvious knockoff of an Obvious, obvious shirt. shirt. Um, so I just want to make sure they get the credit because this is an Obvious Shirt design. And don't worry, uh, Joe and everybody, Devin and everybody else there, no profits were made off of this. It's just a gift. So people should go to ObviousShirts.com if they think that's a cool shirt. Um I want to thank Shiv somehow. So if if next time you're at a Bears game, if you're going, DM me, reach out on Twitter. I promise you I will try to find that message and we'll go take a picture or something together. Well done. We appreciate it. That's awesome. Maybe buy you a beer. We we did. We were planning on celebrating the 600th episode last week and then all hell broke loose with the trade (laughs) deadline and we never really got around to doing it. No. So... Gifts are not required, but uh, thank you very much, Shiv. Those are nice thoughts and a good bit for our podcast that fit perfectly. All right. A um, couple more clips we want to play. Then we'll get to the voicemails. Then we'll get the hell out of here. This was from uh, Get Up on ESPN. We talk about floors. What right. do you think when you watch Justin? The highest ceiling, uh, I mean, by far, of any quarterback yep. out there. To me, his ceiling, it's, it's unreal. And that's why I always question, like, and no shot at Mac Jones, but Mac Jones had a had a really high floor, but not a high ceiling. This kid had a much higher ceiling, meaning the potential, if he ever reaches it, is going to be like this. This is what a franchise quarterback looks like. 
You talk about an organization that, that changed an organization. This guy has that ability. And you see, Rex, I think what? they could it's go from like, like this. I think they could go like from this. next year to being like, you know what? Let's support Justin to be like, oh, we can get in the mix. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's, there's no play, right? question about I said, that. I said the Jets should have drafted him. I said the San Francisco 49ers should have drafted him. Yeah. Because what I knew was when he put it together from a talent standpoint, other than Trevor Lawrence, there was no one else that could do what Justin Fields is doing. I have to give office coordinator Mike Getzey this. Luke though. Getzey. Yep. Luke, I'm sorry, Luke yep. Getzey this. Justin Fields didn't run this much at Ohio State. Right. Right. He had True. the talent, but he didn't have to do yeah. it. For them to make the decision that we're going to use this talent right. in this way has changed not only the trajectory of Justin Fields, yeah. but the trajectory of this team. My favorite part of Justin this year is not only with Luke Getzey, but Andrew Junoko, the quarterback coach. I said this about Justin. Mechanically, he had to get better with his feet because they used to get too high off the ground instead of grazing the ground. Natural athletes or big-time athletes do that a lot. And then his throwing motion was so poor. He has tightened up his mechanics. Not, I don't want to say poor, just loose. And he's tightened up his throwing motion with those coaches. The, the running talent, I didn't know it was this good, candidly. I didn't know Nobody it was this did. good, right? But the way he's developed as just a passer off of that natural talent, to me, is why this – organization has the chance to be very different very quickly. Right, well, we'll talk more about this as, as the week goes on and time goes on because when you say he has more talent than anyone but Trevor Lawrence, I haven't seen Trevor Lawrence yeah. look, play a game look anything like that. Well, I'm not saying oh. the talent-wise. We knew Trevor Lawrence was going one. Though. Yeah, right. right. Uh, yeah. I'm not 100% sure they won't look back on <laughs> that and say that that was the right decision either. Johns, we had a pretty fun discussion yesterday on the CHGO Bears podcast going through the entire draft of 2021 and, and um Basically pointing out the teams that messed up. And the reason we did it is because the Bears never get to be that team that gets to do that. The fans, <laughs> the Bears fans aren't don't ever get to do that. So celebrate it and do it. But I totally agree, man. Imagine if the Jets had Justin Fields right now. Oh, it'd be a completely different story. I mean, they already beat the Bills the other day they without have talent throughout their roster. Oh man, if Fields was their quarterback, they would be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. The 49ers had Fields. They would be really, really good. And then the, the 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 two teams that totally screwed up were the Panthers. They can't get a quarterback right. They're drafting J.C. Horn and the Broncos. Patrick Sertan's a really good player, but you know, then they never go down the road of trading for Russell Wilson, which has totally screwed them up. And then the team I always point out. Remember all that draft day talk about trading Aaron Rodgers to Denver. Was it smoke? Was it not smoke? Imagine a world right now, Johns, where Aaron Rodgers is traded to the Broncos on draft day. The Packers draft Justin Fields with that pick. They're able to keep Devontae Adams because they don't have to pay Rodgers. And, oh, by the way, they also have the Broncos' first-round picks in 2022 and 2023. You think the Packers will be better off than it's looking right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Say what you want about Ryan Pace. But the man had an obsession with getting that quarterback position right. In 2017, led to Mitch Trubisky. Didn't work out. No, don't care. But that obsession persisted all the way up until two years ago or last year to that draft where he traded up again and got Justin Fields. Just... 
maddeningly obsessed with trying to get that position right because he came from an organization that had it right. He's not here, but he's the one who delivered Russell Fields to the Bears. That obsession of finding the quarterback and getting it right delivered him to the Chicago Bears. It did. There's no other way to put it. No, it's it's a good parting gift. It's definitely a good it's parting. A very good parting gift. There you go. Here's a franchise quarterback. And unfortunately, um, Ryan Pace's Falcons are going to have to try to stop Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. In, in a couple weeks. So, do we want to hear more of these or just go into voicemails? Let's do one more. Yeah, one more. Okay. Do you want Baldy or Michael Irvin? Ooh, Michael Irvin. I heard this is a good one. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard this yet. Let's hear it. Uh, Michael Irvin on Justin Fields. What number we are? My number one. I think I understood three words in that entire thing. <laughs> That's outstanding, though. <laughs> that, that, but that might be the most. That might be the best breakdown of Justin Fields I've heard since Sunday. Just, just ninety seconds of yelling. <laughs> well, that was Soldier Field on just, Sunday. Just, just gibberish and yelling and nothing making sense. Just celebrating what it was like. I, that's outstanding. Here's my final thought before you ask for it. We still got voicemails. I know, but I want to get ahead of things here. This is the problem. You always waste your final thought. I do. Well, I got, I got the, good thoughts. Uh, <laughs> Most of the uh, time. Probably not. <laughs> Most of the time. Come on, Vic. Like, Justin Fields can improve as a passer. Like, I think that's going to happen. We saw the glimpses last year. We saw the glimpses earlier this year when he had, like, a 6.2 passer rating or something that bad. Like, just... Just bad. The glimpses were there. The plays were there. Throws need to be made. Ball needs to get out quicker. Like, I think that'll come. That comes with time and experience. But to go off, like, the the vibe of Michael Irvin, Justin Fields can do things that a lot of quarterbacks just can't do. It's like that feeling that Josh Allen gives you when he jumps over somebody. Is it not? Like, did you not get that feeling on that 61-yard touchdown run? Yes. Trevor I, I, Lawrence can't do that. He's good. He can't do that. Zach Wilson can't do that. Tua can't do that. This goes back to... Sometimes I feel like we just get too caught up in like numbers and, and like he can do this and he can't do this. And it's just like, you know when you know, right? Like... Mark Carmen said this earlier in the year when Fields was struggling. He's like, regardless of what you want to say is going well, what's not, it's like, you know what it's supposed to look like. And this is not what it's supposed to look like. That was back when things were poor. Now, 
this is what it's supposed to look like, right? With the first round quarterback who's as special as Justin is with all the talent we knew as always known he has. You want to nitpick on some of the throws, some of the decisions. Sure. The end of the day, the bears scored more points on offense than the Miami dolphins did. One of the best in the league. And it was Justin Fields carrying the entire damn team. That's a quarterback in the National Football League that you want to have. It should really just be as simple as that. What's the the old saying? You want a quarterback, you win because of, not just with. That's yes. a because that's a because oh. because of game. That is one hundred percent a because of game. The Bears are averaging more than thirty points over the past three games because of Justin Fields. Because of him. That's why it feels different. It looks different. I want to go back to something I said Sunday night. The rushing yards are positives for Josh Allen, for Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. They can be positives for Justin Fields. I think the passing game will come along. I really do. But those positives on the ground can be positives for Justin Fields too. Do you know who has the most fantasy points among quarterbacks over the last month? Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Number one. Number The kids like that. I like that. Kirk Cousins likes that. (laughs) Put a shirt on. One more, just because I love Baldy. I like Baldy. I've got to do one more. Baldy. Here's Baldy, and then we'll get to your voicemails. Watch Justin Fields on his third and five at the start of the third quarter. I think about those days in the schoolyard when we all played. And you always had that one guy that was just more creative, more fun, better athlete than everybody else. Got crossing routes in the middle of the field, and it zoned off. And Justin Fields sees an opening. But Justin Fields doesn't take off. Like, he gets both Christian Wilkins and Jerome Baker, both the bite on this. Like, it's just schoolyard stuff, all right? You take that, I'll put you in a freeze, and then I'll hit the gas pedal. And Justin Fields goes 61 yards to pay dirt. Like, what he did on Sunday... I don't care. Vince Evans, Jack Cannon, Jake Cutler, Jim Harbaugh, Jim McMahon. None of them have ever done what Justin Fields did on Sunday. And you know what I liked about that play? That's the 61-yard touchdown. Yeah. For him to even be looking downfield at Darnell Moon. He wanted to throw. It means his eyes are downfield when he's scrambling. They didn't used to be that way. That's what makes Mahomes special. When that dude is running away from pressure, his eyes are always downfield to to a point that I don't think Fields will ever be able to reach that. That's what makes Mahomes extremely special. But just the fact that it's happening is a good sign. They can, Diddy can give you some of it. Again, if you're going to praise Patrick Mahomes for the backyard football stuff where he spins on the two-yard line and he pitches it or he throws it underhand, you could praise Justin Fields for it too. It's okay. It's different. <laughs> I'll be very different in this town, but it's (laughs) blows your mind a bit. But if you but if you could praise the backyard football play of of even even Josh Allen, the elite quarterbacks, they all do it. Patrick Mahomes especially. You could do the same for Justin Fields. He could throw the ball. (laughs) All right, so that's what all the national guys had to say about the Bears loss. Sometimes I forget it's a loss. Uh but with what Justin Fields did Sunday. Here's what our listeners had to say on the voicemail line. 
Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! I'd just like to take this moment to say I'm sorry, Kokomet, for all the bad things that I've ever said about you. You might actually be pretty good, buddy. Bear down. David Copperfield ain't got now on Justin Fields. That play fake had everyone and their mothers think it was going the other way. What a play. Justin Fields, incredible. I feel like we got to blame Hogue for that block punt return for a touchdown. He's kind of a jinx. Been all week talking about the uh, Bears' huge advantage in DVOA on special teams. One's on you, Adam. 21 and 17 is not a bad score for us so far, but it feels like our entire defense was Roquan Smith. I know that our secondary is still really good, but it just seems like we don't have any pass rush. We don't really seem to have anyone who's stepping up and forcing turnovers. I'm hoping that we use most of our uh, cap space and most of our draft picks on uh, revitalizing the defense and outline then. Bear down. Yeah, it's now 28-25 Miami. And just curious, why have we not monikered this dude, Justin, the chosen one, fields yet? I mean, it's almost staring us right in the face, guys. Dude's an animal. All right, bear down. Hey, Hogan John, sitting around enjoying the Bears game, keeping my composure, having a couple of whiskey colds. So who am I kidding? That dude is special! Let's go, Fields! Bear down, baby! 61 yards! Hey, Hogan Johns, I'm sure Hogan's going crazy. Back-to-back plays where the refs just go ahead and give it to the Dolphins. Let them keep going. That was clearly intentional grounding and not at all pass interference. What are these refs doing? Just letting them have the game? Can't believe it. Bear down. This is Mr. Anderson from Philly. And Miss Anderson from Soldier Field. And we had two words for you. Justin Fields! This dude out here putting up NFL records. Bear down. Fields is absolutely legit. I'm so excited for next year. Can we maybe, like, draft or get one of the refs in free agency? Because they absolutely won the game for the other team. Bear down, baby. Hoggy Cat, John's Babe, it's Robert C. Dabrowski calling in here from Soldier's Field that's leaving the stadium after a Bears loss, but I feel up, boys. Uh, John, Hoggy, I know that you guys like numbers, so here's a couple of numbers for you. Uh, 33, 29, 32. That's the number of boners that I got watching the Bears the last three weeks. This offense is unbelievable with a B-U-L-L. Go Bulls. Also, Justin Fields, Greatest quarterback in the NFL, no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, you could say best in the NFC North, but he's the best in the NFL. There's no question. This guy, it's him. It's him. They finally got him with the capital H, capital I, capital M. Go Bears, Justin Fields. They're throwing it. This is all that we needed this year. Next year, like I've been saying for a million years, Super Bowl two years in a row. 2023, 2024, plus seven, 2029, 100 million Super Bowls in a row. Let's go Bears. Not to get carried away or anything, by any means. 
That's definitely the most graphic statistic Bob has ever given us. Thank you for that. All right. Oh, I got to go. All right. See ya. See you guys. Follow us on Twitter. What is going on? through my window. You look like you're in a jack-o'-lantern. Like just just send it. Like like it's just, I know, but it's just like a glow around you. Like it's the last few (laughs) nice days of fall around here, apparently. So the sun is shining through my my window here. Okay. If you're watching on YouTube, I think it is a nice day. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe. You can get. Me on allchgo.com and subscribe to get tomorrow's newsletter in your inbox. First thing in the morning, we'll have lots uh, on Justin Fields and a breakdown of his performance. Some of the good, some of the bad, mostly good, obviously. And obvioshirts.com is where you get the merch. Please hit subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notification so you know when we go live post game. And what else am I forgetting? Oh, rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you. We'll be back Thursday. The Lions are the Lions, are they? See ya. Who am I kidding? That dude is special. Let's go, Fields.